And I was like, listen, man, I need you to cover for me. He was like, go do what you got to do. And I will give me the client's information and I'll take this one for you. But it's funny because my wife was like, just go and you'll be done in like two hours. I was like, are you insane? I'm not going <laughs> to leave you about to have our first baby for me to just go do this inspection. Like for her. What's up, everybody? Kevin Wagstaff here. Another episode of Spectora Spotlight. I got Steven Silva on today. And I met Steven at the InterNACHI conference like three or four years ago. And I remember him as being this super energetic guy that he was an East Coast guy, still is. But uh, he just had such amazing energy. And I was like, man, this guy runs a thousand miles an hour. He must be killing it because he just has this kind of infectious energy um, and good nature about him too. So uh, ever since then, um, we stayed connected. He actually didn't even start using Spectora for about a year after that because he was so busy. Um, and so we finally got him on board to Spectora and then he joined IEB. And then I saw him at the IEB conference and we reconnected and it was like no time had passed. Um, just a, a great guy, great outlook on business and life. Um, just very refreshing personality. So I had a lot of fun with this one. I think you guys can learn a lot from it. Um, so I hope you enjoy. And as always, let me know um, with guests if you have any recommendations or anyone that you just think is interesting and would be a, a great interview, send them my way. And, uh, and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure to do that in Apple or Google. That helps us um, rank higher, helps us get more visibility. And I'll just ask you to share the podcast with uh, your inspection circles because the more people that listen to this, the more I'm able to put more effort into this and put out episodes uh, more often. So I would greatly appreciate that and uh, hope you enjoy. Right on. So uh, how has life been since the conference? That was how many weeks ago now? I think we're, it's already, what, three, three weeks ago? No. And I, I specifically wanted to get you and a few people on the podcast because I, I know how energetic and electric the IEB conferences are. There's like a, there's like a window of capturing that still, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what's life been like since? So it's been, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. What I was afraid of happening kind of happened because then, you know, you get caught up in this, just like this magical atmosphere of just like, my God, like the world's my oyster. I'm going to kill this and all this. <laughs> And then like, I was like, oh man, but I got a lot head, you know, waiting for me when I come back, I got a full plate and stuff. And, and, you know, what inevitably happened, happened is that, you know, I came back to, uh, you know, two back-to-back -back weeks of uh, 10 and 11, uh, 10 and 11 inspections each week. Uh, this week was a little lighter just because uh, I don't think as many showings and stuff happened over the, the holiday weekend. So uh, still busy, but definitely not crammed the way we were when we got back. Um, and I am, uh, I'm still kind of spinning my wheels to actually get onto the IEB meetings, even though like I'm, I'm all signed up, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, but now it's uh, really finding the time to carve out the, 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 the discipline and the dedication to the process, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's going to be a little bit of some, you know, some growing pains because at the end of the day, you know, it's one of the main takeaways that I had from IEB was to kind of challenge the status quo and think about your business in a different way. Um, and, and there's going to be, yeah, I think there's going to be some kind of expected growing pains. And I, I think that uh, I would imagine that those 
who are already deep into the IEB process will kind of nod their head in agreement like, oh yeah, that, that's exactly what I went through in the beginning. So, um, you know, like it's just one of those things where th there's just never enough hours in the day, unfortunately. And it's not because of a lack of interest or enthusiasm, but really just, uh, you know, needing to restructure my, my week to week in order to uh, afford myself this, this time. Um, which I'm, I'm very much in the process of doing, but I'm, I'm anxious to really have it become a normal thing. Yeah, absolutely. I want to, let's dig more into all this. Let's, uh, let's have you introduce yourself to everyone, kind of tell them where, you, where you're from, kind of your, your quick little backstory of how you got to where you're at today. And then we'll dive into uh, what the conference uh, was like. Sure. Uh, so I'm Steven Silva, owner and uh, inspector from Estate Inspection Group uh, based out of Westchester, New York. It's just about an hour north of Manhattan. Um, I'm a uh, InterNACHI certified master inspector, I've been in business for over six years. Um, you know, a business of one. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, right now, uh, my head is holding all of the hats. Um, but I, I got into my, um, I, I got my inspection uh, company started, uh, really uh, birthed from a, um, a lifetime of construction experience. So I, I graduated NYU uh, with my master's degree for um, construction project management. I worked as a high-end uh, residential construction project manager for about six years prior to opening up my business. And before that, I had a lifetime of working for my family's high-end masonry contracting company. Uh, we specialized in um, high-end brick and stonework. Wow. And my dad is without a doubt, one of those old school master stone masons. Um, he always liked to pride himself in saying, listen, if I can just build things as well as the Romans then I'm doing my job because the <laughs> Roman stone is still standing, so. Wow. You're meant for this industry that you, it's in you. It is in yeah, your construction. Blood. Exactly. Construction is just in my blood. It's always been. And the reason why I got out of project management, even though I, I really enjoyed it and, and really loved it, I was just getting burnt out. And, and to the point where my wife was like, something's got to give, like you, you can't keep burning yourself on both ends and in the middle and expect, you know, for you to be okay. Uh, but then it was one of those things where I was just like, well, I have all of this education, time, experience vested in in the construction industry. Like, what am I going to do? Well, you know, I, I don't want to start from square one, you know. Um, and my wife's uncle uh, was actually, he actually also owns a, a home inspection in a company here in the area. Um, but he's a licensed structural uh, engineer. So he does both home inspections and engineering. And he's like, listen, man, you, you would actually... I think you'd make a really good uh, home inspector. I mean, you know, you obviously know what it is that you're looking at. And, um, and he told me on very early on, he goes, you know, the secret to being a successful home inspector isn't being the guy who knows the most. It's the guy who's able to explain those findings in a digestible manner to your clients. And he's like, basically, you're teaching people what homeownership 101 is all about. And I was like, oh, that, that sounds like Sounds like something I can do. Uh, <laughs> growing up, I always loved the idea of being a teacher, but never pursued it because as great as Summers Off sounded, you know, I, I felt like it was a lot of work for not enough pay. Right. Um, so I always had this kind of, uh, you know, flame on the inside that really loved education. And, and you know, I was able to very luckily and thankfully carve out a very 
comfortable uh, niche for myself where I'm not only speaking from a position of experience, but also uh, one from empathy to my clients, understanding what it is to be a first time home buyer, understanding how overwhelming this process can be. And, um, and it was just kind of like a, a happy, you know, jagged, broken road that led me to this point. And now that I'm, you know, running a successful home inspection company on my own for the last six years, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine doing anything else. Wow. Wow. So it's just that, that one, what, what did you know about the business when, when that mentor figure mentioned it? Like, did you know exactly what it was or were you like, Hey, I'm gonna have to go research that. I was kind of familiar with it. Um, you know, I, I, I actually ironically did the majority of the research of what the industry was all about on a vacation down to the Outer Banks with my wife, which we went on a Saturday. And that the day before, I had just gotten a notice from one of my, um, you know, my original construction uh, project management company that I was working for that I, along with 40 other people, were being let go just because they, they, they really just were bidding, 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 and we couldn't get any other jobs lined up for myself. And I did a really good job of closing out my, at the time, current project. So I almost worked my, I really kind of worked myself out of a, out of a job. <laughs> um, so ironically, the first day of my vacation down in the Outer Banks was consisted of filing for unemployment and also hopping online and uh, digging a little bit deeper into what the home inspection industry was all about because uh, one thing I just had, it was just a terrible feeling. And I was just like, you know what, I really just don't want to have my, my future in anyone else's hands. Like it's time for me to run my own business. Let's see what this is really all about. So that's really where it started. Mm, that that's, that sounds amazing. It sounds like the best possible start and kind of a teeing up of the industry. Um, so once you started doing the research, I'm guessing you found it around you took courses, kind of went through that typical path. What what were those first, like, take me through the first, like, month or two of kind of, uh, like, the phase where you're spending money but not making any? Like, what were you thinking? What were you doing? I'm always curious of those first couple months in business when you sit down at the chair or sit down at the desk and you're like, okay, now what? So <laughs> my story is actually kind of, you know, um, hyperdrive in terms of uh, stress just because, um, at the time I, my wife and I were expecting, um, the birth of my first child, uh, Olivia Wonderful. <laughs> and, um, you know, just ramping up to that. Like, yeah, I got this thing going at the time. I was still working as a project manager for another company that I hopped onto immediately after, uh, being let go from my other one. Uh, they kind of snatched me up really quickly and I was working for them, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep developing this inspection business idea on the side thinking you know what i like doing construction management maybe you know i'll get myself into a better flow with the new company and or a new project and i'll keep going with the inspection company but maybe i'll just set it up as a side gig or just something for me to do on the weekends or whatever the, whatever the idea was at that time when i originally got into the business i wasn't thinking about it as a full-time so i was uh, about two weeks before my wife and I were expecting the arrival of Olivia and I get a call from my then boss and he goes, Hey, just to let you know, um, we're letting you go. Like no fanfare, no ceremony, no nothing. And then he just hangs up. And this is on a Friday afternoon, right? Uh, oh. It's like at like five 30 and he's like, yeah, we don't need you to come into work on, on the following Monday. 
Man. So I'm, I'm standing there shocked, having a, a glass of wine with my wife. And well, I'm having the wife wine. She wasn't. Um, <laughs> and, and she's like, what, what happened? Cause I was just standing there frozen. I was like, I'm, I think I just got fired. And she's like, what? <laughs> so I called my boss back. I was like, listen, you know, is it something I did? Is it something I didn't do? He's like, no, we're just moving in another direction. And we're going to have a guy who works for the company already just close out the projects. So I was like, yeah, but you know, I'm, my wife and I were, were pregnant. We're expecting our daughter any day now. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. Hey, be sure to send us a picture of the baby when she's born. Uh, I was oh. like, wow. So that right there in the moment galvanized, like I, I, I have to be in business for myself, like enough of this. But another part of me was just like, well, we're expecting a baby and now I'm unemployed. This is a problem. And at that time I had already incorporated, I had my license ready to go. And my wife was like, no, you have a business. I was like, no, no, I have a business idea. She's like, no, you have your license, your insurance, you're, you're all set to go. You're incorporated. This is a sign. Go for it. Mm. And if it weren't for my wife, just having faith in me, you know, I, I think I definitely would have been a lot more nervous just because uh, I, you know, I'm just kind of like an overthinker as it is. You could talk yourself um, out of it. Like a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, you know, I just got to get something secure and I got to get something, you know, kind of in the hand and, and that I can get as a job. But as running a, a new business, I don't have any contacts. No one knows me. And then my wife was like, well, then get out there and make contacts and have people know you. And it, it was just kind of like, a, you know, for her, it was for her, it was very simple. She was just like, just go out and do it. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. So, you know, I did the typical you know, Facebook blasts, like basically just sending out a, a very watered down CV resume, just like, hey, this is who I am. This is where my background is. You know, I'd love for you, you know, to, you know, to meet with you and, and you know, have you understand who I am, where I'm coming from, and hopefully you'll give me a shot. So that was about two and a half weeks of just, you know, walking into real estate offices, talking to anyone who wouldn't just slam a, a door in my face at that time, right? Um, so I finally worked it up to get my to land my very first inspection. Couldn't wait for it. Was beyond nervous about it. And the morning of my uh, very first scheduled inspection, my wife went into labor, and I had to cancel my inspection. <laughs> oh my god! So uh, you know, I I called my. Um, you know, because New York is a licensed um, home inspector state, I called my my instructor from my licensing um, school program. And I was like, listen, man, I need you to cover for me. He was like, go do what you got to do. And I will give me the client's information. and I'll take this one for you. But it's funny because my wife was like, just go and you'll be done in like two hours. I was like, are you insane? I'm not going <laughs> to leave you about to have our first baby for me to just go do this inspection. Like for her, it was very important for me to, you know, you know, get my, uh, get my feet running underneath me with the, with the company. But, you know, in the beginning it, it was really kind of a, you know, trial by fire, but, but through necessity, I mean, I, I really had to make this work um, just because at that time I didn't really have any other safety net. You know, the safety net was really pulled out from underneath me and in a way that I guess, I can kind of attribute some of the laser focus to that just because there was a, an elevated sense of, of determination and, and necessity. Um, but in the beginning, you know, look, I was, 
I was excited just to land two or three inspections a week. To me, I'm just like, oh, that's as much as I would have been bringing home as a project manager. Like, yeah, that's great. You know, like, you know, and then I started getting weeks with four inspections and then one with five and then one with six. And then all of a sudden I was just like, oh, wow, this is really taking off. And, you know, in the beginning, it was it's always nerve wracking because it's a new thing. It's it's just a. uncharted territory. And more importantly, you're out there by yourself. Right. And I would always come home and second guess myself. And I would take three and a half hours to write my report because I, you know, basically at that time was still coming up with my narratives using a very, very antiquated um, report writing software system. That's where you guys come in. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, But it's just, it was one of those things that because of the self doubt, um, it, everything just took longer. Uh, right. But then I started realizing a month or two in and really can't, kind of catching a rhythm, um, you know, kind of honing in on the, um, you know, like the, 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 the verbiage, the, the, the driveway chat that I would have with my clients in the beginning uh, to kind of set the parameter and expectations of the inspection and, and all that stuff. It started becoming a little bit more second nature. Then I really started to, you know, kind of, I started going with the current rather than against it. That's kind of how the, the best way to feel it. it. It didn't feel as, as hard of work and, and as laborsome to, uh, to come home and complete the reports. It was one of those things where it just started becoming second nature. Um, and that first year, uh, my first inspection ended up uh, once uh, I rescheduled that uh, my, my first, my official first inspection, the first year from April 1st through December 31st, I did, 179 inspections that partial year. And then my first full year, I I think I ended up with like 248 or 250 or something like that. Um, so each year that I've been in business, I've I've outperformed my, you know, my yearly uh, inspection uh, volume um, each and every year um, in in these last six years. And it's uh, now it's if I mean, if I have an inspection week with anything less than than seven for myself, I mean, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go out of business. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I'm just constantly like just second guessing myself. It, it, there are weeks where I feel like I have no time for myself, for my family. I told my wife, like, oh, next week I'm, I'm going to block out days or, you know, days of the week and just time to just this is too much and then if I don't have you know that seven or or anything like that then I'm I'm wondering if uh if if you know I'm over the hill and and my my end my demise is imminent yeah you know? it's, it's so I think that's just the mindset of an entrepreneur like you just never you, you always want to push yourself but then when you feel like you're pushing yourself too hard you tell yourself to take your foot off the gas and then when things kind of go at a normal pace you're like oh my god what am I not doing <laughs> Was it, I think it was Mark Cuban that said like every entrepreneur should have a healthy dose of fear like when they wake up that someone's out there to kick their ass or that there's yeah. threat that you're not prepared for. One thousand percent, he's not wrong. I mean, it's that it's that inner fear that we business owners convert into fuel, you know, because like, well, I can either be afraid of something happening or I'm just gonna fight against it and make sure that that doesn't happen, and it just becomes a, a great motivator. 
Um, but you know, my, my wife laughs at me all the time because then she's just like, Oh no, you only did eight inspections <laughs> yeah. this week. Oh no. Right. You're only going to make X this year. Wow. Poor you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a good gratitude exercise. I think our with great spouses do that. Right. I think my wife does the same where she's just like, Oh, poor you, you're running a successful business, living your dream. <laughs> um. <laughs> but you know what? It's easy to it's easy to get lost in the murkiness when you're busy treading underwater, right? Because right. it's just like, you just can't, you know, you're in the thick of it and you just don't realize that if you were to step back and look, you know, to remove the names, remove the familiarity and look at the, what the actual business is doing, you'd be like, well, that looks like a, well, a, a successful business. And you're like, yeah, well, that's yours, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is a make hay while the sunshine kind of dynamic to home inspections, which makes it fascinating. Mm -hmm. Similar to real estate where it's like, you never know when the rainy days coming, so it's almost like maximized today, right? Right. Um, and, and that and that's not wrong, just because at the end of the day, we are very much, we are a a, a very powerful and important uh, industry. But obviously, our you know our, our success is very much dependent on the flow of the real estate market. You know, for for better or worse. I mean, it's just kind of at the moment a. Uh, the way that the industry is currently set up, it's just the way it is. You know, we are kind of, uh, you know, in, in, you know, on, in for the ride, so to speak, depending on the way that those ebbs and flows uh, come in. Um, Hopefully and, that'll change. We can talk about that in a minute. We can talk about yeah, uh, exactly. you know, in terms of the IEB conference of maybe not being fully reliant on the velocity of home, mm -hmm. home transactions. Uh, Absolutely. Real, I want to I want to get this nugget from you though. So you were going you were going to offices early on, right? You were just hitting yeah. up people, shaking hands, um, kissing babies, doing that, right? Yep. What do you feel was kind of your key to getting through to people, or uh, you know, you're obviously a charismatic dude. I, you know, from, from the time we met, I was just like, I like this guy. Like, I want to <laughs> I want to be friends and work with him. Yeah. Um, besides that, what did you come in with any tactics or mindset that kind of helped you convey what you're all about to these people? These I, yeah, I, I, I said right from the beginning, I don't want to come in sounding like a used car salesman. I need to come in as genuine as I can be. And really that would be to new inspectors. One of my biggest piece of advice is just be yourself mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, people, people can, can, can see sincerity and, and, and realness from miles away, you know, at the end of the day, uh, even just going into to real estate offices with, you know, bags full of pens and candy and chocolate, you know, like right off the bat, you look like a salesman, you look <laughs> like a solicitor because yeah. you are at the yeah. end of the day, that's exactly what you are. Okay. Yeah. But, and, and, you know, of course people like free stuff, but then once they get the free stuff, your, your, you know, purpose has already served its course and, you know, they don't want you anymore, you know? So the, the way that I thought that I was going to be successful is to really just start small and try to whoever would give me the time and day of, of day to, to speak with them, to really just try to be myself and start establishing relationships. Because like you said, you, you know, when, when you get good vibes from people, you just like, okay, not only do I want, really want to work with you because, you know, you know, people want to work with people that don't suck. But, you know, you want to work with people that you actually enjoy their company, right? And or even best, if you can be friends with them, because then like that, 
work won't seem like work anymore. You know, right. everyone wants to work. No one wants to work, work with a jerk. That, that's just the way it goes. So, you know, if you come across as, you know, oh, well, yeah, I, I know everything and that's why I need to be your inspector. People are going to be like, yeah, you're full of crap. No, thanks. You know, because um, yep. they're going to just be like, you're trying to sell me something. And I think that the best thing that you can do is sell yourself. Now that, you know, who you are might not be, you know, you might not be a certain agent's cup of tea and that's fine because you have to understand the agents that are going to um, take a chance on you and establish a relationship with you. You know, they're, they're kind of bringing you in almost like in like a, very like exclusive club because for them each real estate uh, agent is work is running their own company and they are trying to build a reliable quality team of professionals that won't just give their clients um, additional value but will also ultimately help them cross the finish line in successfully closing a transaction mm-hmm. and you know as a business owner you can't blame them because you know they want to make sure that they're increasing the, as as their odds as much as possible to make that a success. And if you are not accepted by real estate agents, which many agents told me flat out, listen, I, I, I love my inspector and you know, I'm not interested in, um, in, you know, working with anyone new because I just, they, they know me, I know them. And I was right from the very start, always very respectful of that and almost a little bit envious. And I'm like, listen, I totally get it. This takes a long time to establish trust. And I would always just tell the, the real estate agents, listen, just keep me in mind if for some reason your guy is sick on vacation or just not available, I would love the opportunity to try to earn your, your business. And right there, it, instead of me being like, oh, no, 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 drop him and use me, it kind of put the, you know, the, the, the pie on the windowsill, so to speak, and just mm-hmm. kind of walked away and be like, take a bite whenever you're ready. And I can't tell you how successful that I was with uh, establishing which what now are, uh, you know, real productive relationships with certain realtors, because they just didn't feel pressured. They were, you know, you put yourself out there and then you kind of walked away without really wanting anything from them. And all of a sudden then all, you know, the guards come down and they inch a little, they lean in on you a little bit more to be like, what's this guy really all about? You know, because then you kind of put the, uh, the onus in their hands rather than making them feel like they're being force fed your sales pitch which is true confidence that you worded that so well that that's, that might be the title of this episode, something in there, but like, that's what I believe is true confidence. Even in a time, you know, let's face it. Most inspectors feel not confident when they're new, especially, but then even established ones, when you're talking to new agents, we all feel that imposter syndrome, but like, I love that mentality of not going to twist your arm while we're standing here getting coffee or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and they feel that, um, I have a question for you. So you, I think a lot of inspectors find themselves in, in not the exact position you were in with obviously a kid on the way. That's like extra. Um, <laughs> yeah. Very extra. What, very extra. How did you manage to not let that kind of a sense of urgency or, you know, some, sometimes some could call it like, Hey, I'm, I'm desperate. I got to make this work. Um, how did you not let that come through? And kind of the way you just delivered these lines, that type of composure and confidence when 
deep down, maybe you're like, Oh God, they got to use me. I hope they use me. This has to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Because that's exactly what I was thinking in every single interaction. There's no doubt about that. You know, as a new, as an, a, a new inspector, I think the way that you combat the unknown or, or just the fear of, you know, it, like the fight or flight type of mentality is to really increase your odds and just get out there and meet as many people as possible. I, I joined networking groups. I joined a BNI. I joined the chamber of commerce. I basically joined anyone who was willing to shake my hand, understand what I was there for and what I was looking for. And all of a sudden, you know, you start casting a much wider networking net. You're going to find someone if they don't need someone directly, just like, Oh yeah, I, I was just at a meeting. My, my neighbor, uh, was just uh, telling me that uh, their, you know, their daughter is about to buy a house and they're looking for someone. Like, why don't you reach out to them? You never know where opportunity is going to come from, but for sure, it's not going to come sitting at home worrying about where or when the next phone call is going to come in. The only way that you're actually going to make it happen is to actually make it happen, which is in itself, it can be very overwhelming and intimidating for sure. Um, but what's more overwhelming and intimidating is not knowing where, you know, next month's mortgage payment is going to come from or how you're going to be able to pay for groceries. Right. I think that's way more scary than talking to someone about your new business venture, you know? Well said. Uh, and I think that, that we very much let ourselves, um, get sucked into, oh, well, if it's not perfect, I know I'm personally very much guilty of this. Like if I don't come out and if I don't know everything or if I don't have everything in place 100%, like I, I, I'm just not ready to do it. You know, it, it, that's just the wrong way to do it because the best way to get things done is out of necessity. And your, your business is never going to be a hundred percent where you want it to be. Your knowledge base is never going to be a hundred percent where you want it to be, but that's where the discipline of continuing to invest in yourself and grow yourself. That's where that comes into play. And that comes with time and it will come, but that shouldn't hold you back from taking the first step or being persistent in continuing in the, in that pursuit of the first step, because we, it's so easy to get discouraged. I mean, you know, we watch TV shows and we read stories and just like, oh my God, like, you know, how am I ever going to have a company that big? Or, you know, how is this little idea ever going to be a success? It will be, but it really depends a lot on your, you know, personal attitude and, and approach. It, it's not something that's ever given. And it's cliche of, you know, you, um, you know, that you have to really, you have to work hard, you have to sacrifice to get it and nothing hard is, is ever, I mean, nothing worth it is ever easy. They're cliches for a reason. It's because it's the truth. You know, there's a lot of truth in cliches sometimes. And, you know, when it comes to the whole business ethics of, you know, needing to bust your butt to make it happen. Yeah. You need to bust your butt and you need to be okay with going to bed. Like we were talking about a little, a little fearful, a little hungry mm -hmm. um, because the next morning, if you don't succumb, if you choose optimism and choose not to succumb to the fear of it, you're going to keep trying. And the more and more you keep trying, the more, you know, your chances increase to have a breakthrough. And it's just not if, it's when. Some people, have, it happens faster than others, but it's one of those things where the people who never have it are for sure the ones who just stopped. Right, right. So much good in there. I want to pull out something you mentioned, because um, inspectors suffer from this chronically, I believe, is 
perfection. I, I read a quote. I'm going to, I'm going to like butcher this, but I believe it's something along the lines of perfectionism is often, is often really just a fear of failure. It's like disguised. Like we disguise a fear of failure as perfectionism by putting it off into the future of saying, I'm just going to tweak my template for another month um, before I'm ready. You know, and deep down, it's probably just scared of rejection of age and saying no, but you take the edge off that with your approach. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love I mean, it. Yeah. It's just one of those things that, and, and I, and I can speak to with it with confidence because I, th- this is something that I'm still grappling with to this, to this day. I'm very much, I, I I'm a person who likes to proceed with all of his ducks in a row. Right. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, like, like, for instance, the story of how I got into it, if it wasn't for my wife to just be like, you're ready, just go, you know, for me, I'm just like, well, I need to meet some more realtors before I can really, you know, make this my full-time thing, or I need to, you know, get uh, my, my website up and running. Cause when I started my business, I didn't have any of that yet. You know what I mean? Like those mm-hmm. things came about a month or two into actually doing inspections, um, you know, which obviously the, the sooner you get those things up and running, the, the easier it, things will become because those things help to actually uh, establish your success. But, you know, that's, the, that's for me personally, I, I, I suffer from that as well. And it's, it's something that is still very much a struggle. That's why even, you know, taking the step to join the IEB conference and join IEB was something that uh, I think I really didn't needed to do it to see it firsthand to help give me that push. Uh, because like I said, thankfully I've been able to run a very successful business for the last six years, always outperforming myself, but at what cost, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm outgrowing my demand and, um, and, and it's something where I know that I'm leaving a lot of work on the table and I know that I need to hire and I need to grow and these are all things that I've, I've been kind of suppressing deep down uh, as well, because I'm like, oh, I just need to get my feet a little bit more established. I need to I need to earn my stripes, so to speak. And then I'll think about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I honestly should have made uh, uh, these moves that I'm gearing up to make this year, probably a year or two ago. So. Hey, better a year or two than five or six. Um, no, agreed. Agreed. But, but, you know, that, that, that fear, that, that perfection really being fear of failure, there there definitely is something to that. Um, And it's something that really shouldn't hold you back. It's a lot, obviously a lot easier said than done, but definitely it's, it's real. You know, it's everyone, everyone wants to wake up and just be able to replicate success every single day, day in and day out. But when you're busy focusing on changing your business or growing your business or doing things that now shift your daily responsibilities and routine that opens up more opportunities for failure. And for, as someone who kind of finds a groove and knows that they do something that works and can be successful and has been successful in the past, you know, it's just kind of like, well, I don't want to rock that boat. And I think it's very difficult to pull yourself out of that comfort zone in the name of growth um, because it's obviously a lot cushier to just, you know, kind of not dial it in, but basically not have to, you know, uh, blaze new trails. And, you know, when you walk the, the path that's already been walked, you know where it's going to lead. And if you can just, if you have the endurance and you can replicate it, you know that you're going to find success. But there comes a point where it's time to start reaching out and finding new paths as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And fear, yeah, fear of change, I guess, is another big one. Not necessarily feel fear of failure. That could also that quote could be amended for just rocking the boat, like you said, of hey, it's been working. But then I think there's there's certain people, you being one of them, people in IEB that are like once they see that bigger picture of how to invest to grow later, just like all other businesses grow and run, it's kind of eye-opening. So I want to hear your impressions of kind of from the moment you got to the IEB conference, that opening session, kind of like what you were thinking and feeling. So I think it's really important, um, you know, the solo operator that's kind of bursting at the seams, very common right now, right? A lot of markets are blowing up. A lot of single inspectors are just going with the status quo. What, tell me your thoughts as you, as you went through that first day. Yeah. So when I got to the resort, I'm, I'm walking in and I'm seeing people hug each other and talk to each other. And they're like, Oh my God, I haven't seen you. I haven't seen a person in person for a year, let alone you. And it's so great to see you and everyone's hugging and just, you know, arm in arm, you know, already having drinks and stuff during the, the welcome reception. And, you know, I'm just like, wow, a lot of people know each other here. Like uh, the big new kid, the new kid on the playground. Yeah. I'm just like, Hey, I'm in the corner. Hey, how are you? Uh, but a part of me is just like, oh yeah, but I, I deserve to be here. I mean, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm running a successful business. I did 368 inspections last year. Like I'm killing it. And when I sat down and Dirk started talking about the people that we're going to, uh, we were going to be hearing from during the conference and the scale that they've grown their companies and how they are continuing to grow their companies beyond that, you know, 8,000 inspections a year, 12,000, 17,000 inspections with 50 inspectors on, on board. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> I immediately thought, wow, I'm about to choke on this humble pie that's being shoved down my mouth right now because there's some serious success in this room, which also galvanized my notion that I'm exactly where I need to be. Like this is, these are the people that I want to learn from. I want to know, I want to listen to, because if you can even just replicate a fraction of some of the successes that IEB members uh, were there to share about, I mean, my God, that, that's an, that's a success story in itself. Great life. And, yeah. And for me, what was so welcoming and almost relieving for that initial, uh, you know, kind of nervousness of, you know, being the, the stranger and the newbie in the room was just how open and welcoming everyone was. And it was almost just like, no, 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 you're here. So you're us, you know, even though we don't know you, you're us. And where are you from? What are you all about? And, and despite clearly being one of the smallest, if not the smallest company, uh, out of those who are present, I was just blown away with how welcoming and how eager everyone was to just find out about me and, and really just pull me in, you know, and it was just so exciting. And I mean, I just, it just instantaneously rubbed off on me just thinking like, okay, let's, let's do this, you know? Yeah. That's your plot. It's your, and I knew, and I'm so happy you thought that. I don't know. Um, like there's certain people that stick out in my mind where I have to like disclaim and tell them like, Hey, you know, IEB doesn't pay me anything. We actually pay them to be there. But like, I think you belong with this energy of operators and the way 
people speak and the professionalism, the energy. Um, and so I love that. I love the way you worded that. Just how open. Well, and 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 I have to thank you guys. I mean, it, it was either you or or Mike. I don't know who it was, but you know, when you guys sent out that that email blast to all the Spectora users, like, hey, uh, you know, we're going to be a, a major sponsor of this event coming up. Uh, you know. Met- message us if you're interested. And I, and I messaged back, I'm like, Oh, I'd like to hear more about that. You know, I, I'm pretty sure it was you that were just like, no, dude, you're one of the people I thought of when I sent out this email blast, <laughs> hoping that they were going to reply to it. So, I mean, right then and there to me, because of how much I really respect everything that you guys are all about there. And so thankful for the value that Spectora has given me in my own personal life you know, an, an endorsement from you is, is pretty much just like a lock. So right there was just like, okay, well, if, if the, if the guys from Spectora are telling me I need to be there, then that's all I need to hear. And you were right. And I'm so glad that you, that you did just because it was one of those, it was really one of those scary yet satisfying moments of just being like, I feel like something is about to change in, in my business and my personal life. And I'm just very humbled and thankful to be here, to be a part of it. Amazing. Thank you for the kind words. And it couldn't have hit you at a better time in the business. And so I will tell you, there were, you, you weren't the smallest by far. There's a, there was a handful of even new inspectors that are like, Hey, I just heard about this. I want to see what it's about. And so there's some, it literally is like starting line. And then like you said, 50 inspectors trying to go to multiple States and all in between. But the common thread is, Hey, we want to constantly be focused on our holistic health and wellness and relationships and opportunities and success. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is contagious. It energizes the room. So, okay. So you felt that right away. And that was the, uh, the initial kind of exercise in the first room, right? Like tell me your thoughts about how that initial kind of uh, the way they do things compared to say, you know, other conferences we've all been accustomed to, right. Where we all kind of, slough from, from session to session. You see guys sleeping, you know, literally. Uh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, I was very impressed with the level of energy and, and really just professionalism of, of the whole thing. I mean, I felt like I was a part of something big. Um, and when we're getting into the sessions and, we're hearing the success stories where we're, we're hearing about the systems that IEB um, utilizes to help their members grow. Um, you know, when we're hearing from, you know, motivational speakers that are just, you know, talking to us as an industry and really, you know, giving us the respect that we all feel like we deserve. I mean, it was just something where, I, and I think I mentioned this to you at the end, I was like, well, I think one of my biggest things to just realize that I'm thinking way too small for my company. You know, there's so much opportunity here that is not just, in, it's not just theoretical opportunity. It's real. I mean, Very these real. companies are not just talking about doing it. They, they're, they're not just doing done it. They are doing it and continuing to grow despite the insane amount of success by any business or industry's measure uh, that they've been able to attain. And, and that itself was just like, wow, uh, that's not just accessible. Like I'm in the middle of it. And, and that's what was, I mean, to me as a, as a, a, a member of BNI 
and I'm sure if anyone has, you know, listening to this has ever been a part of these type of networking groups, especially when BNI, they always talk about the importance of giver's gain, about, you know, your willingness to help someone else's business succeed will automatically drive that success back to you because people are just going to want to pay it back, you know? Um, and that's exactly how I felt. It's like this, this is just like a room of just concentrated inspectors doing giver's gain to each other. I mean, how, 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 what better of a place to be? These people aren't, aren't just, you know, talking the talk, but they're truly walking the walk and willing to pull you in arm in arm to walk alongside them. Even, even though a little guy like me, you know, a, a business inspector owner of one doing 300 inspections, rubbing elbows with a guy that I met at, um, at one of the seminars who did 8,000 inspections a year, you know, and it's just like, wow. And he wasn't looking down on me. He wasn't like, oh, you only do that. <laughs> right. you know, like I do that a month. Uh, you know, he was like, that sounds awesome. Like, you know, tell me more about yourself. And it, it just, it made me feel like, you know, and, and as a, as a, as a business owner, as an inspector of one, it, I don't have coworkers. I don't have an office culture. You know, there's no, water cooler talk. There's no one to bounce ideas off of. A lot of times it's just me and, you know, me driving around in my mobile office, basically in my car, uh, where I do the majority of my report writing and spend the majority of my time. It, 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 it can be very lonely. You know what I mean? And, and that's one of the things that when the, the first full day was done and I got on the phone with my wife, she was asking me about it. I was like, and there's a whole bunch of people here like me who understand what I go through every single day and what my fears are. And there are people that had the same fears, but, you know, beat them and, and, and were triumphant over them. And they're willing to give me the advice of how to do it. You know, it's just like, this is incredible to me. Um, and, and especially for small business owners like myself of just, you know, one, even if you just had another, just two inspectors in house to be exposed to that network of like-minded professionals, not just like-minded business people, but like-minded home inspectors or home inspection company owners who understand the challenges of the day-to-day, who understand, you know, the horror stories that I've gone through because they they have a set of their own that either equal or surpass in terms of ridiculousness. You know, they, they get <laughs> they get what my day in and day out looks like. And that to me was so refreshing because in in many markets i'm sure this is more common than not you find you meet someone who's another home inspector all of a sudden like the peacock feathers fly open and it's it's a contest of like whose feathers shine brighter you know what (laughs) i mean just like you know rather than being um you know an instant standoff you know contentious meeting these people were just so open and welcoming and i was just like this is exactly who I want to be in, in, in touch with to help me grow my business. You know, the overwhelming kind of like a narrative of there's enough success for all of us in this room, like that, that abundance mentality, I guess some people want to 1000%, 1000%. And I say that I used to say that all the time, especially to, you know, to real estate agents who would tell me, Oh yeah, that inspector was talking crap about you. I'm just like, I don't even know that guy. Like why, why does he have something bad to say about me? He's never met me. You know, I always would say just like, look, the way I see things, there is more than enough meat on the bone for everyone to be fed. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like home inspectors should really almost take a, a, a play out of the realtor's book and really have a, a more of a mindset of collaboration than competitiveness because 
you know, you look at real estate agents, there's thousands of real estate agents and all of them are in, in one way or another, each other's competition, right? Mm-hmm. But when they go to offices, office meetings and stuff, that, you know, they're, they're working collaboratively. Even when, uh, you know, a real estate agent uh, works on the other side of the aisle from, you know, a rival uh, real estate company, there's, there's a certain level of professionalism amongst them, you know? And, and it's just like, why can't it be like that with the inspector, with the inspection industry, you know, rather than looking at each other as competitors, why don't we look at each other as, you know, just uh, comrades, you know? And for me, that's what I felt immediately at IEB. And it's like, you know what, these are the people that I want to align myself with because there's a lot of rogue old school, uh, you know, old boys club mentality inspectors out there who will instantly try to size you up and be like, you're not as smart as me. Therefore I'm superior than you. And I'm, that's not how I operate whatsoever. I mean, to me, rather than being, you know, someone who I would consider a peer, that is what dictates you to be my competitor just because of the mindset, not because we're competitively, you know, trying to earn the same business from our, our, you know, our, our clients, you're a competitor because of your attitude. You know what I mean? Cause I, there's a home, every inspector at IEB that I met, and there were a couple that I met from New York. I'm just like, well, I, I don't want to compete against these guys. I want to help these guys to the point where I just, just last week, a client called me asking for an inspection out in Long Island. And I recommended one of the uh, people that I met at IEB saying, well, you know, I have a great recommendation. I'd be happy to point you in their direction. And I, because of just IEB, I was already able to give one referral out to another IEB member. No kidding. That's great. For me, I'm just like, see, that's the way I think it should be. I think we should all be trying to help each other because you know, with the rising tide, all boats rise, right? So why wouldn't we all try to elevate each other? So that way, rather than, you know, being caught in, in uh, you know, people price shopping us or be like, oh, how come you're more expensive than this guy? It's like, well, that guy's undercutting because he doesn't know what the heck he's doing, you know? <laughs> Whereas if there was a, com- a, a collaborative mindset, all inspectors would just be like, no, 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 this is a, what our service is universally worth. And this is what we need to be doing to elevate our opportunities for, for one another. And I, I, I just got to say, I mean, it was just for me, such a, such a breath of fresh air, the IEB, because, you know, like you had mentioned in the beginning, as it compared to other um, conferences, you know, I've only been to a couple and I always felt like, oh God, I don't want to say anything that's going to make someone think that you know, I, I don't know enough or, you know, basically like, oh, well, that person doesn't want to talk to me because they're way more successful than me. Like there was nothing of the sort like that at IEB, whereas the other um, conferences, I don't know, there definitely was not that collaborative sense of community um, among those attending those conferences as there was an IEB. So definitely kudos and hats off to IEB for, you know, cultivating that culture and that mindset, because I think that those who, uh, those of us who buy into that mindset are just going to be so much more successful in the long run, because we're going to be building our businesses based on integrity and ethics rather than just on metrics of numbers, you know, 100%. Yeah, I completely agree. What were, um, 
what kind of nuggets or takeaways, any specifics that you came away with, or were there topics? I know we had those breakout groups and what, yeah. What things did you come away thinking deeply about that you're going to implement maybe in the next, you know, six months? Oh, the, my, my biggest, uh, calls to action in terms of immediate implementation are diving into the, um, the hiring, um, processes and training processes. Cause right now I have a friend of mine who just got his, uh, home inspectors license in New York. Um, and the ideas for him to join the ranks to in the beginning, just to do part-time, he still has a, a full-time job, but I think this is something that he may be looking to kind of have as like a sunsetting career. Um, and just kind of give himself that stability, knowing that there's going to be something else to do if something were, God forbid, were to ever happen to his, you know, to his nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he's, he's wonderful. And I, and I can't wait to, to get him on board just because I, I wholeheartedly believe that he's going to make a fantastic inspector. But I also want to make sure that I know enough to set him up for success, right? Because he's already said, listen, I, I just want to, I've seen what you've grown your business to out of nothing. He's actually ironically on that trip down at, at the Outer Banks. And he's like, I witnessed you literally birth this idea when we were on vacation together. Wow. So he's like, I, I'm so proud of the success that you've you know made for yourself. And I want to be a part of that. And what's funny is that when I was at IEB, they kept harping on setting up a, um, an environment of culture for your company that you're going to want to not have to work hard to get people to work for you, but really attract people to be a part of what it is that you do. And I couldn't help but think about those words that, you know, my friend Bill was told me and as the reasons as to why he wanted to get his license to join my company. And I'm like, man, I, I feel like I might've already done that, you know, and how can I keep growing that, you know? And, like yeah, as soon as they mentioned that in IB, I was just like, "Yes, go on, tell me more. I'm listening." You know, <laughs> like you're speaking to me. Go on. Um, and I, it was just again, just another affirmation that I was exactly where I needed to be at the exact right time. And um, and for me, it's just going to be getting the tools under my belt to really build up my new hires for success because ultimately I want them coming in with a certain level of excitement and and confidence the way that I come into every single one of my inspections right now just because if if I can teach them to have as much fun during their inspections that I have I mean it doesn't feel like work it really doesn't and I know that sounds like a like a cheesy cliche like oh you know love what you do. You never work a day in your life. But I really, every single day, I, I go out excited to do what I do. And if I can provide that excitement, and more importantly, if that excitement can translate into my friends and, and, uh, and you know, new hires to sustain and provide their livelihoods and their families on that, that discipline, I mean, that, that's an incredible thing to be able to provide someone to someone with is a, a space to work where they can feel like they not just add value and, and to, to what it is that they do, but that they're also being appreciated for it. I mean, that, that, that sounds like such a great place to work. And, and that's exactly when I, when I get people on board, what I really want to focus on is really just making sure that technically, obviously they need to know the technicalities because ultimately we're here to serve our clients and we need to, 
um, you know, basically hit it out of the park for each and every one of our clients. You know, you're only as good as the inspection that you're on because, you know, they're, you're, tomorrow's clients aren't going to care how good of an inspection you did for yesterday's clients. All they care about is what kind of a job you're going to do for them. And, and to be able to create that, that, that mindset of success and, and just engagement for those who I hire, I'm, I'm just so excited to learn all of the ways that, uh, you know, even some of the breakout sessions at IEB started highlighting because it obviously works. These companies aren't growing by leaps and bounds by accident. They're doing it because they're actually employing proven systems that yield results. And to me, that that is so valuable because rather than me trying to flounder about and figure it out through trial and error, uh, because I've never done this before, I mean, how amazing is it that these successful companies are literally just, you know, serving it up to you, be like, look, it's going to take work to implement, but if you implement these steps and perform and, and execute it this way, you will be successful. I mean, that is just, I mean, talk about cheat codes, you know, like that's uh-huh. incredible. And you like, like I feel this way about a lot of our um, kind of community with Inspector, but like, you're the right guy to be a leader. You, you speak like one, you think like one, and like, you're just going to attract talent. So to me, I'm like, Oh, you can't hire soon enough to start building your culture and people that are like you, because it's just rocket fuel at that point, you know, and it's uh, and it just grows exponentially. thousand percent. And you know, like it's, I mean, you can give me the, uh, the $20 in kickback royalties after we're done recording this. But I mean, honestly, if I can, if I can set up my company to have a, a culture similar to what I see you guys in Spectora doing, I mean, every single person that I speak to, whether it's in the chat bubble, whether it's you, Mike, Casey, you know, whoever, whatever the case may be, they are all so happy and just so excited to do what they do every single day. And, you know, that, that, that says something at the end of the day, when, when you're able to create a, a work environment where people are just giving their all, not because they're being paid to, but because they really enjoy it and, and they, they get out of what they do as much as what they put in. I mean, that is just, it's inspiring, you know, and it's just one of those things where you're just like, man, like I want to show up to an event and have my company look as happy and excited to be there and happy and excited to be hanging out with each other the way the Spectora crew does, you know, like, cause you guys are doing it right. And, and it's just one of those things where there's so many opportunities of, you know, what to kind of aspire towards and, how, and what to emulate just within IEB. And, and, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, uh, vendors that, that they entrust. I mean, it's just, again, so, so many direct and indirect reminders of, what success looks like. And ultimately success, it's really not about the numbers. It's about being, you know, happy with what it is that you're doing. And then obviously, you know, getting compensated to the point where, you know, it makes the juice worth the squeeze. Yeah. Yeah. Providing value and enjoying it while doing it. What, um, what else did you think of the kind of the, one of the overwhelming themes of the conference, which is like, Hey, the future is not going to look like the past in terms of, existential threats, the, um, the open doors, the porches of the world. And I, we may have even been in one of the same breakout groups, I think, right. About, um, about more driving more value and revenue per inspection and, and mm-hmm. offering other services. What, 
what did all that mean to you? Had you been thinking about it? Is it scary? Is it exciting? I mean, the unknowns are always scary, right? But it was also a l- very relieving to to hear the in the inside voice concerns that I have of our industry and its future being echoed by other like-minded professionals. Being like, okay, I'm on the right track. I'm not thinking crazy. Like <laughs> right. these are these are these are re- you know valid thoughts and opinions. I one of the things I was so just so blown away by was just the amount of talent and intelligence that the the attendees to the IEB conference had. I mean, there were some really, really sharp and smart people that instantly just when we started going into those, uh, you know, breakout uh, sessions, Mm -hmm. you know, it just instantaneously made you elevate your thought process because it's just like, you know, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. And let's build on that. Or what about this angle? And, you know, it was just very impressive with the, the, the level of, of aptitude and, um, and, and just forward thinking that us uh, uh, that were there at the IEB conference that we, we really just, we showed, I mean, it was really, like I said, I, I was, it, it confirmed that I was in the right room, you know, because, there were a lot of people smarter than me in there. And I was just like, I need to learn as much as I can from these people, because this is just, I mean, for me, it's, I I couldn't soak it up fast enough. Um, The concerns for the future, of course, futures are always scary. I mean, you know, even when things can be projected to go well, things don't ever really hundred percent go as well as, you know, rosy, you know, (laughs) bullish projections go. And I do think that, you know, the general consensus is what is that we've got another 12 to 18 months before things become a little bearish. And I think that that's fair. Um, I also think that there's that collective mindset that basically was like, listen, guys, we don't need to, you know, go down with a sinking ship. We have the ability here to kind of, kind of make our own rules here. So that way then we remain in control of our own destinies rather than just being tethered to something that's going to pull us all down. You know, like there's opportunities here that we really, as a, as an industry really need to be honest about, you know, pursuing and and maybe looking deeper into. And I think that that itself was something that I was very relieved to, uh, you know, to hear about because at least like that, there's, it just gave you another avenue of, of thought rather than just feeling like you're pigeonholed and you're like, oh, well, yeah, real estate market's going to go down the crapper. I guess there go my numbers too, right, you know? Right. Like, no, no, no. Like there's opportunities here that us as an industry, we can kind of, you know, keep some things going on the side so that we financially, we stay afloat because we, we, we can't afford as an industry for all of us to go down because then when things get good again, you know, who's going to be left? And there was that, that focus of self-preservation as an industry, I think was really, um, inspiring because it just shows a certain level of professionalism and, um, and, uh, you know, adaptability that any entrepreneur really needs to have in order to make shifts in, in changing markets to stay afloat. And I mean, how uh, you just can't get any more, uh, exciting than that to be like, yeah, you know, as things may sound bleak in certain aspects, but they couldn't seem any brighter in other aspects. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well said. I don't, I don't have anything to add to that except 100% we're all having the conversations and, uh, and preparing for the future with like-minded people, which is amazing. Um, I got one last question for you, or we got a couple minutes left. I want to be respectful yeah. of your time. Um, so are you, are you thinking about also hiring say like an admin growth person inspector, um, or you just start in step one inspector free up some of your time and then move, move down, move up or move up or down the chain. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely also, uh, going to be looking into, this is probably more about a year out, maybe, maybe eight months out, um, to do an admin. And, uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to be looking at hiring a new bookkeeper. Uh, an admin is definitely going to be necessary, especially if I get, I I think it's really going to be based on whether or not the guys that I'm able to hire really want to come on full time, or if this is just going to be them offering me, you know, weekend or late evening time slots that they'd be willing to, um, to take on. Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. I know that that's going to be a necessary step as well, uh, because at the end of the day, I want to work smarter and not harder. And I already take on enough responsibility with all the different hats that I wear to begin with. And I think it's if I'm going to be focusing on putting, you know, a CEO hat on rather than a, a technician uh, inspector's hat, uh, you know, I really not want to make sure that I'm allocating my time and my energies as as optimally as I can. So that's something that I'm very interested in, in kind of talking to, um, you know, my coaching at IEB to see what what the whole process is. I know that it's going to be a part of it for sure. I just am not exactly sure when that's going to happen. But then again, you know, I'm yet to really dive into all of my coaching sessions to begin with. So I'm, I'm eager to find out about it, but I'm definitely not averse to it either. You know, the whole thing is that I think one of the challenges that I may find is there's a lot of people out there that because of the uh, remnants of uh, Corona and the pandemic that there's a lot of people that may be unemployed, but because of stimulus payments, they're really not all that motivated to find a new job anyway. So right. I'm interested to see how much of a challenge that's going to be. I and mean, I'm hoping that it won't be a challenge at all. Um, but, you know, just kind of seeing what friends of mine who are in the restaurant industry, even in the in the hospitality industry, they're just like, you know, I want to get back to normal, but I can't find anyone who's willing to even, you know, reply to a help wanted ad because everyone is just home collecting, you know, right. stimulus payments and stuff. And they are just like, well, if I'm going to get paid, you know, not that much less than what you're going to, you know, pay me to work full time. Ah, thanks, but no thanks. I think I'll just stay home, you know? So we'll see what kind of a challenge that comes uh, to, uh, you know, for me to actually, you know, perform a hire uh, to get people on board. But I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, very much like my friend Bill, that we're able to, you know, attract some people that just want to be a part of something uh, that we're going to be working towards building. And uh, I'm pumped, man. I really am. It's it's scary. Uh, I am a little bit hesitant about it because I do feel like I've gotten myself into a pretty comfortable situation. Uh, but I know that I'll be happy with the new normal as well. It's just a simple matter of ripping off that comfort Band-Aid uh, the same way I did six years ago. And, you know, I look back now to six years ago and think, God, why didn't I do it sooner? And I know for a fact, I'm going to look back if probably in a year from now and be saying the same exact thing, like, God, why didn't I do this sooner? But you know what? I think at the end of the day, that's, that's fine. And that's, that's 
that's healthy. You know, at the end of the day, it's something where, of course, in hindsight, I should have, would have, could have. But, you know, at the end of the day, for a a busy father of three, my wife is a, a medical director, practicing veterinarian. She's also incredibly busy, like, you know, as great as it would be for everything to be quote unquote perfect, pretty damn happy with the way things are anyway right now. So everyone's got their own pace, man. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to accept that and say, Hey, it's easy for us to look at those other companies and think it happened overnight. But then when you hear their stories, you realize it, it, it was a long journey and there was times where they hesitated and pump faked and didn't take action. Um, so it's all happening the way it's supposed to, but like, you'll take calculated risks. You're too smart of a guy to, to, um, do anything other than calculated risks that you can manage and contain and, uh, and yeah, and grow from there. Yeah. That's the idea. I mean, we, we, we obviously all have an, uh, an urge to grow an urge to continue succeeding an urge to continue kind of outdoing ourselves, which is incredibly healthy to do. Like we were saying in the beginning, that also comes with some fear and some, some risk-taking and it doesn't, you don't need to go to a hundred, you know, in order to get to a hundred, you just got to go through one to 99 first, you know? So even if you don't get to a hundred right off the bat, that's okay. As long as you're, you know, on the right trajectory, taking the, the necessary steps to sustain healthy, meaningful growth. I think that whether it took, takes six months or six years to achieve, ultimately it's where you end up. And, you know, I'm definitely so thankful to be onboarding to this IEB process right now. I'm, I'm excited. I really am. I really, really am. And it's, uh, it's also balanced out with a, an equal sense of, um, of just fear, you know, uh, not, not so much fear, more just kind of like, you know, being the new guy in the room kind of fear. Like when I first got to the, uh, to the conference being like, I know I'm in the right place, but I don't know what I should be doing. I don't know (laughs) getting here. I don't know who should I, who I should be talking to, who I should be going in making an introduction to. Like at the end of the day, I was still in the right room and in business, it's kind of the right mindset. Just be, you know, the mindset is a room you want to be in. And as long as you're thinking with the ideas of how to just keep yourself healthily growing, but most importantly, happy, because I think so many people, I would imagine that there are some people who would try to grow too quickly and then, you know, they, they don't build it up the right way. And then you know, other things kind of get lost in the, in the shuffle. And I would imagine that that's the time where you look back and you're like, man, I wish I hadn't done it that way, you know, right. uh, because then I think like that you have regrets. I think as, as long as your, your mental mindset is healthy, as long as your body is healthy and you know, that you're, you're not trying to pour from an empty glass, um, I think that that's really it, regardless of how fast or slow the growth happens, you know, and I I think that that's what I'm expecting to hear from, you know, the coaches when we go into it that, you know, and you kind of alluded to it too, everyone has a different measure of of success. So just because this company did it that way, doesn't mean that you have to do it that exact way. I mean, you know, there's companies out there with 50 guys working for them, but if you can get yourself to, you know, if I can get myself to have two guys, you know, working for me, and if that, you know, improves my bottom line and if it improves my stress of running this business and it affords me, you know, more afternoons with my kids to be able to take my daughter off the school bus or, you know, not have to worry about missing any dance recitals on Saturday afternoon because I have that inspection book. But then if I can be providing those opportunities to people 
who really want those opportunities, I mean, that's a win-win. 100%. That's the goal, man. Um, that sounds like success to me. Um, uh, man, thank you so much. You're, you're, you're obviously a star for anyone that's listening to this industry on your way to being a superstar. I'm excited for your future and see where it goes. I'll obviously be, be keeping track and, and keeping up to date with you. But, um, if no pressure, if anyone wants to uh, reach out to you, cause they're looking up at you like, Oh damn, like he did this. How many inspections? I'm never going to get there. Um, should they just hit the website? Where, where's the best place? Shout out the website at least. So people can, yeah, you can, you can find our website. It's www.estateinspectiongroup.com. Um, we're very much involved on social media. We've got our, um, you know, my, my personal page on, on social media, on Facebook, uh, Steven Silva, and we have a company page, a state inspection group, and we're on Instagram too, um, which we usually like to, you know, post some, some interesting pictures of inspections that we do. And, and uh, yeah, you can find us there at a state inspection group. I think the other handle is Instaspector Steve, I think it is. Yeah. Instaspector Steve. Um, but yeah, you'll see it linked on all of our social media platforms. So you'll find everything there, but, uh, but yeah, if, if they're in the, in the New York area or, or neighboring areas, or they just want to talk. I mean, like I said, I'm all about, I, 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 I could honestly keep talking to you for hours because I just, to me, this is just so much fun. And if there's anyone out there who, you know, wants to pick brain or pick my brain, or even just, you know, do a little parlay just like this, I'm always all for it. So whatever I can do to, to help anyone, um, if I can, I'd be more than happy to. Awesome. I'll throw everything in the description. You, your company and yourself are a great follow on Instagram. So everyone make sure to, uh, to jump on there and follow, but, um, man, thanks. This is a blast. We went, we went over and didn't even feel like it. So, no. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. You're one of my faves. So, um, thanks a lot for taking the time, man. We'll have to do this again. Maybe we'll do like a, a fun, like brainstorm session. I like having people back for like an alternative format where we just shoot the shit about a certain topic and maybe brainstorm, um, talk about the future things like that. Oh, Kevin, anytime, man. Like I said, I enjoyed this. I could easily be doing this for another couple of hours. Whenever you need me, I'm there. Sounds good, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great rest of your day. You too, bud. All right. Bye-bye.